series on the subject of divine healing, and uh, we're studying from uh, today, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Again, verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. So Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the broken law. And we will study that some today in Deuteronomy chapter 28. But first we'll rehearse, consider the word redeem. The word redeem, because this is Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Uh, the word redeem in J.H. Thayer, he said, to redeem by payment of a price, to recover from the power of another, to ransom or to buy off. To redeem by payment of a price, to recover from the power of another, to ransom or to buy off. To redeem by paying a price, and that was the price that Jesus paid. The wages of sin is death. On the cross, Jesus was made to be our sin. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 says, For he, God, has made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. Meaning that Jesus took our place and he was our substitute on the cross, and Jesus was made to be sin for us or in our place. And being made sin, the penalty for that sin was death. That was our penalty because we were the sinners. The sinless one was made to be sin. So Jesus became our sin, and so therefore the penalty had to be paid by him because he, pay, he was made our sin. So God made him sin for us so that we could be made right with him or right with God, that we could be made the righteousness of God in him, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. So Jesus was made to be sin. He suffered for us, the just, righteous, for the unrighteous. And so Jesus Christ suffered in our place, and he died for us. In dying for us, then the penalty for our sin was paid. Well, there was a penalty for sin, which was spiritual death, and he died, and he took our death, tasted our death, and he died physically as well, and he suffered our for our sin. Now, once our sin is paid for, God could declare us not guilty, or God could justify us, because he justified us in the person of Jesus. So then, when we acknowledge that, then we become what we said just a moment ago, we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, looking at this verse again, if the penalty for sin is paid, then the curse then is removed from our life. Christ has redeemed us, redeemed us from the curse of the law. And again, to redeem means to redeem by payment of a price and then to recover from the power of another to ransom or to buy off, to recover from the power of another. So Jesus, by paying the price for our sin, then he recovers us from the power of sin. He redeems us from the power of sin. 
He redeems us from the power of Satan. The scripture says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we've been delivered out from under Satan's jurisdiction or his dominion or authority in our lives. So we've been delivered. We've been ransomed. We've been purchased out from under his dominion. Well, what does it say again? To ransom. It means a recover from the power of another. So he's recovered us from the power of Satan. He has recovered us from the power of sickness and disease. Or he has recovered us from the power or dominion of poverty. He has recovered us from the dominion of mental uh, uh, illness. Or, or he has recovered us from the power and dominion of anxiety or fear or any dominion or any devilish curse uh, that would come on our lives as a result of us not knowing God or walking with Jesus and having a relationship with God. So we've been recovered. Everybody say recovered. All right, then I'm going to give you another definition of the word redeem. T.J. McCrossan says, to redeem means to purchase or redeem out from or away from Bought out from under, B-O-U-G-H-T. Bought or purchased out from under. All right, so to purchase or redeem out from or away from, to purchase out from under. So we've been redeemed out from and away from under the curse of the law or the curse of the broken law. So we've been redeemed out from and away from under the curse of the broken law. Now, how did Jesus redeem us out from under the curse? Here it says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? Being made a curse for us. So Jesus not only was made our sin and tasted our death and died for us, but he bore the curse that came as a result of sin, which was spiritual death. Then he bore the curse, uh, which was physical death, right? He bore the curse of sickness and disease. What does it say in Isaiah 53? Verse 5, it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement to give us peace was on him. And with his stripes, we are what? Healed. So redemption from sin was something God did in the person of Jesus. But redemption from sickness and disease was also included. Why? Because it, the verse before in Isaiah 53 says, Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Actually, in different translations, it says sicknesses and pains rather than griefs and sorrows. So he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Psalm 103 says, He forgives all our iniquities and what? Heals all our diseases. In other words, redemption from sin happened on the cross, but redemption from sickness as well happened on the cross. And the provision of healing is yours in and through Jesus Christ. So he's redeemed us out from and away from under the curse of sickness and disease. Now, He's also redeemed us from the curse of poverty. If you look at Deuteronomy 28, which we're going to take the time to do a little bit at least, you'll see that we are redeemed from the curse of poverty. 
And so we have been redeemed from, again, we've been redeemed from the curse of broken families. If you study Deuteronomy 28, redeemed from the curse of broken families, losing your children and losing your family, losing your spouse and losing your home and losing your valuables and your property. It's a curse. It's not a blessing. So Christ has redeemed us. Now, that may have happened in your past, but we're teaching you today it doesn't have have to happen in your future. I mean, past has already happened, right? You can't change your past, but you can change your future. So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? Being made a curse, taking our curse upon himself. So Jesus suffered in our place to redeem us out from and away from under the curse. And the primary thing, because our subject is divine healing, so the primary focus and the primary thing that we will look at is redemption from sickness and disease. Redemption from all sickness and all disease. That's part of your redemption. All right, so look at uh, another translation of of verse uh, 13. Uh, Verse 13 says in the 20th century, it says, Christ ransomed us. From the curse pronounced in the law. Christ ransomed us from the curse pronounced in the law. So we're going to look at uh, Deuteronomy 28 in a moment. And we're going to see the curse that is listed there. And it is a curse as a result of a person not obeying the commandments of God. So that curse would come upon them as a result. Now, let's look again to this verse. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, taking that curse upon himself. All right, so he took that curse upon himself. And what does the next verse say? That the blessing, that the blessing of what? Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That the blessing of Abraham would come on the Gentiles. Well, if you're not Jewish born, then you're Gentile. So that the blessing of Abraham could come on a Gentile. Well, that being predominantly most of us. All right. So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, curses everyone that hangs on a tree. So Jesus hung on that cross for you and for me. And then the blessing of Abraham would come on the Gentiles through Jesus, through Jesus Christ. So we've been redeemed out from and away from under the curse, removed from under the curse, so that now the blessing would come on us. Somebody say, come on, blessing. The blessing of Abraham would come on the Gentiles. We didn't have a covenant with God. Abraham had a covenant with God. God made a covenant with Abraham. And so now he says, you can have this blessing of Abraham on you as well as on Abraham. He said, this blessing of Abraham would come on the Gentiles. How? Through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit by how? Faith. By faith in Jesus. We could have the promise of the Spirit. Now let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 28. In Deuteronomy 28, we're going to begin with verse 15. For the sake of time, we're not going to read the whole chapter. 
So the first part of the chapter in verses 1 through 14, you see, if you will obey these commandments, if you'll obey the commands that I've given you, he said, all these blessings will do what? Come on you and overtake you. All these blessings will come on you. So God pronounced that if they would obey the commands of God, that the blessing would come on their lives. He said, you'll be blessed in your body. You'll be blessed fruit of your body, fruit of your cattle, and so forth. He said, you'll be blessed and prosperous. He said, whatever you set your hand to would prosper. Uh, he would open the heavens. He'd give rain into your land. So whatever you do and whatever you have is going to be blessed. And so then he turns it again. He says, now if you don't obey the commandments of God, if you don't keep my commandments, then all these curses will come upon you and they will overtake you. So we'll pick it up in verse uh, 15. Now, we're uh, going to primarily read some of the curses that are listed here. And the reason is, is because we're seeing that we are redeemed from them. I mean, it's one thing to say, uh, I've been redeemed. And we just sang about it, didn't we? We sang about some of the things that we're redeemed from. But if you say you're redeemed, but you don't know what you're redeemed from, then you wouldn't know what you're redeemed from. And if you don't know what you're redeemed from, then you won't know what you are free from. Are you with me? So we're just going to see some of the things that we are redeemed from. In other words, we don't have to be under the dominion of. We don't have to be controlled by sickness and disease. Let's go here. Verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments, and his statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shall thou be in the city, and cursed shall thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind, the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. If you read the blessings, you see it's just the opposite of the curses. He said, you'll be cursed when you come in. You'll be... Curse when you go out. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, rebuke, and all that thou settest thine hand unto, uh, for to do, until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly because of thou, the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. He said, The Lord shall make thee the pestilence cleave unto thee, until he have consumed thee from off the land whither thou goest to possess it. The Lord shall smite thee in, with consumption, and with the fever, and with inflammation, and with extreme burning, and with the sword, and with blasting, with mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. Now, I'm going to read something to you from, uh, because it says here, the Lord will make the pestilence cleave unto thee. He said, until you have been consumed from off the land. He said, the Lord will smite thee with consumption and with the fever and with inflammation and with extreme burning and list out the diseases of the day, the things that people were suffering from and dying from. And he said, the Lord will smite you. I'll read to you out of uh, 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 something that Dr. Robert Young said. He said he was the author of Bible interpretation, and he points out that in the original Hebrew, the verb is in the permissive rather than in the causative sense. The verb is in the permissive rather than the causative sense. Actually, it should have been translated something like this. The Lord will allow you to be smitten. The Lord will allow these plagues to be brought on you. There is some difference here. 
the Lord will allow versus the Lord smites you. All right, so consider here, rather than reading it like the Lord will smite you with this disease and this disease and this disease, the Lord will allow you to be smitten. All right, let's go back to Genesis for a moment. In the book of Genesis, what do you find? In Genesis chapter 1, God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and so forth. He said, let them have dominion. They were created in the likeness and the image of God. Well, we see in chapter 2. Chapter 2, God said, he put Adam into the garden. Adam and Eve are in the garden. He said, now of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. Is that right? So he said, in the day you eat thereof, Adam, you will die. So he gave them clear instruction not to eat. He said, if you do eat, you're going to die. There is a consequence for your disobedience. Are you with me? So we know the story in chapter 3. The serpent, uh, devils or Satan spoke through the serpent. The serpent talked to Eve. Eve bought into his lies. She ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She gave also, also to her husband with her and he did eat. And it says the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together, made themselves aprons. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God in the, in, in, among the trees of the garden and they ran and they hid from God because they were afraid. So what happened? Adam and Eve had the opportunity to live in the Garden of Eden And they would have never died physically. They could eat of the tree of life, the scripture says, and live forever. So God did not originally intend for anybody to die. It was not God's plan. Death was not in God's original intent. But Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in doing so, they died spiritually the day they ate and eventually died physically. So a spiritual death eventually produced physical death as well. So sin brought death, spiritual and physical, to Adam and to Eve. Are you with me? Adam's first family, Cain, kills or murders his brother, Abel. So you got murder in the first family among the kids. So we, we see the evil occurs right out of the chute, so to speak. When Adam sins, when he disobeys God, sin entered in the world. Death came by sin, uh, Romans 5 and 12 says, and death came by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. So sin has affected the whole human race. Evil has accessed our world. And so the devil is the author of sin. He's the originator of it. He said, I will exalt myself above the stars of God. And God said, no, he kicked him out of heaven. He was an anointed cherub in heaven, but God kicked him out of heaven. Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 10, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven. The lights went out. That's what happened to the devil. And he fell down to the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness covered the earth. But then God said, let there be light. God changed the order. God brought order out of chaos. And he brought and he created a man and a woman to have dominion in the earth. Adam and Eve did not maintain that dominion. They fell. In other words, they sinned against God. And as a result, the curse. And if you read the uh, rest of chapter 3, you see that then a curse was pronounced on the earth. And Adam and Eve were both under the curse. Well, then 
God makes a covenant with Abraham. And he says, now I want you to obey me. And if you obey me, then the blessing will come on your life. If you disobey, then the curse will come. Are you with me? Well, you could say, well, God sent the curse. No, you could say Adam sinned. And he brought the curse upon himself. In other words, you can stay in the garden and maintain being in and under the blessing of God. If you disobey and you dishonor God and you disobey his word, then he's commanded you not to eat. In the day you eat, you shall surely die. And you're going to walk out from under the blessing, under the curse. Are you with me? In other words, God allowed man because he gave him a free will. He gave him a choice. And man has been choosing ever since. Deuteronomy says it this way in Deuteronomy 30. I've set before you life and death. Choose life that you and your seed may live. In other words, when we choose good, then we get the good. Amen. We choose God and we choose to obey. Then the blessing will come. If we choose to disobey, then the curses come. So we don't want to blame God for the curse. No, it was a choice that Adam made. Are you with me? And so if we make the right choice and we walk in Jesus and walk in the word of God and in faith in God, then we can come out from under the curse because Christ has redeemed us, what? From the curse of the broken law. And he said, all these curses will come upon you if you don't obey. But Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Now that word curse in the New Testament, it, from the Greek, in the Greek is katara. Well, the New Testament was translated from Greek. The Old Testament uh, was translated from the Hebrew. Well, the Septuagint, which is a Greek translation of the Old Testament, it uses the word kateri in here when it says curses, and it's the plural form of the same word that is used in Galatians chapter 3. In other words, Jesus is talking about the same thing. The Apostle Paul is talking about the same thing. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law, or all these curses that are listed under the, uh, under the broken law. If you disobey, he said, but now God has sent his son to redeem you out from and away from under the curse of the broken law so that you could be now again under the blessing of Abraham and the blessing of God would be on your life. Does that make sense? All right, so here we are in Christ. We've been redeemed from the curse of the broken law. Now, God allows a lot of things. There are people doing crazy things all over the world. God allowed Cain to kill Abel. You say, well, God had nothing to do with it. He allowed it, but he didn't do anything to cause it, did he? Man's sin caused it. Death caused it. And the choices that man made caused it. All right, so here we are. God says there is a consequence for your disobedience. But if you acknowledge Jesus as your redeemer, then you don't have to live under the curse any longer. But you can live under the blessing of God. Now, since our subject is primarily healing today, then we're going to read the part of the curse that lists different sicknesses and diseases. We've read some of them already. The Lord will allow these things to come upon you. Let's go down in chapter 28, uh, if you will, please, to verse 27. Verse 27 says, the Lord will smite thee or allow you to be smitten with the botch of Egypt, with emrods and with the scab and with the itch, and whereof thou canst not be healed. And the Lord shall smite thee or allow you to be smitten with madness 
and blindness and astonishment of heart. So it's going to affect your mind. It's going to affect your body. It's going to affect your health. But just the opposite can be true in your life because you've been redeemed from the curse. Let's go down to verse 35. The Lord shall smite thee in the knees or allow you to be smitten in the knees, in the legs, with the sore botch that, uh, with a sore botch that cannot be healed from the sole of thy foot unto the top of your head. So you have, under the curse, it will affect from the sole of your feet to the top of your head. Now, everything else is in between, right? From the sole of your feet to the top of your head. You are under the curse, but Christ has redeemed us, what? From the curse, from the sole of your feet to the top of your head. All right, let's go down to the same chapter, verse 58. Verse 58 says, If thou wilt not observe to do according to the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God, then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful. Or allow your plagues to be wonderful, and the plagues of your seed, even great plagues, and of long continuance, and of sore sickness, and of long continuance. Moreover, he will bring upon thee all, or allow to come upon you, all the diseases of Egypt, which thou wast afraid of. And they shall cleave unto thee, and also every sickness, and every plague, which is not written in this book of the law, them will the Lord bring upon thee, or allow to come upon thee, until thou be destroyed. He said, every sickness, basically, that is not written in this book of the law, they will come upon you, and you will be smitten. Are you with me? Under the curse. Now, he said, every, every sickness and disease that is not written in this book of the law. Now, he lists out a number of sicknesses that we have just read. And, of course, they're more familiar in that day. And some of them, if you look at other translations, you'll have a different rendering. And it'll say something that's more familiar to our day concerning sickness and disease. Now, so he said, every sickness, basically, that is written is a curse. Because he calls them a curse. And then he said, every sickness that is not written is a curse. Well, there's nothing else you can think of that is either written or not written. Did you follow me? It's either written or it's not written. So any sickness that is written and any sickness that is not written in this book of the law is a curse. Well, it helps you to define that sickness and disease is a curse. Then you can resist the curse. Because Christ has redeemed you, what? Out from and away from under the curse so that now the blessing of Abraham would come on you. So rather than you being under the curse and living under the curse of sickness and disease, you've been redeemed out from and away from the curse and you can live under the blessing of health and wholeness and healing and soundness and strength in your body. Praise God. Jesus wants you healed. God wants you healed. It is his will. Are you with me? Somebody say, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for me. So we're going to go back to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, we just basically confess. Galatians 3 and verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Curse is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now we're going to skip down to verse 16. Verse 16, and to, now to Abraham and his seed 
where the promise is made to Abraham and his seed. Where the promise is made, and he saith not, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. To Abraham and his seed were the promises made. To Abraham and, his, and to Christ were the promises made. Now, God made a covenant with Abraham. And Jesus Christ ratified that covenant. Abraham shed his blood through circumcision. It's part of the covenant that God made with Abraham. God sent his son Jesus, and Jesus shed his blood. And so by shedding his blood and giving his life, he ratified that covenant. And so then you and I can be a partaker of the covenant that God made with Abraham. Now let's go down a little further in this chapter, and we'll begin with verse 26. In verse 26, for you're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. You're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Those who believe in Jesus, he said, are children of God by faith in Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. Now, that does not mean that God is eliminating, what, nationality, Jew or or Greek. It doesn't mean that he's eliminating uh, gender, male or female. He's just simply saying, in the spirit, there is no difference. In other words, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. The thing that people separate you because of, God says, I've made you one in Christ. Are you with me? So, let's go to verse uh, 29. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. If you belong to Jesus, and how do you get to belong to Jesus? Verse 26 told you, by faith you're all the children of God, by faith in Jesus Christ. All right, so if you belong to Jesus, then you are Abraham's seed. And if you be Christ, you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. Abraham's seed. You're of the seed of Abraham through faith in Jesus. Are you with me? So then God enables you to tap in to the covenant. If the root be holy, then so are the branches, Romans tells us. If the root is holy, then so are the branches. So Jesus has just tapped us in. We're wild olive branches tapped into the olive tree. And we are just connected to a covenant relationship with God. So you and I have a covenant with God. And we're Abraham's seed or Abraham's children. And if you're Abraham's children, then you get to uh, enjoy the promise of God. You be Christ and Abraham's seed. And what? Heirs. Heirs according to the promise. Well, I'm glad I got tapped in. How many glad you got tapped in? Praise God. To the root and fatness of the olive tree, the scripture says. So God has just joined you to a covenant relationship with himself. Through faith in Jesus Christ. And part of that covenant relationship then gives you the right to receive forgiveness of sin. Come on. 
Forgiveness of sin enables you to uh, be redeemed out from and away from spiritual death, out from and away from under uh, Satan's control or Satan's dominion, out from and away from under sickness and disease, out from and away from under poverty, and out from and away from broken relationships in your family, out from and away from losing your house or losing losing your land or losing your kids. Come on. God wants you to know you've been redeemed from the curse. That may have been your past experience, but it doesn't have to be your future. It's a choice we make from here. Where do we go from here? I can't change yesterday. I can't change what happened yesterday. I can't change last year. Now, some people try to change history, but the reality is it is what it is. You can't change the past, but you can change by your choice today what your future will have for you and what comes your way. Amen. God God gives us an opportunity to get out from under the curse and to get right under the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Somebody say, I'm blessed coming in and going out. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed. And whatever I set my hand to, it is blessed. Amen. Let's go uh, to Luke chapter 10, please. In Luke chapter 10... Or chapter 13 and verse 10, excuse me. And Luke chapter 13 and verse 10. And it says in verse 10, and he was, speaking of Jesus, and he, Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. So sometimes people think, well, Jesus, he taught by the seashore and And he taught on the hillside, and he did. He taught when he was walking down the road. He taught in a lot of different settings. But often, he would go into the synagogue and teach. And so, he's teaching in the synagogue. So, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and was bowed together, and could in no wise lift up herself. So, there's a woman who had been bowed over 18 years. Scripture says she had a spirit of infirmity. And so the spirit had attached itself to her body and caused her to have this infirmity. And she's had it for 18 years. In other words, the evil spirit has done this to her. Not, not every sickness or every disease is necessarily by a demon spirit. All sickness and disease originated from Adam's original sin. But so it all came as a result of sin and Satan. Sickness and disease is a foul offspring of its uh, mother sin and of its father Satan. So it all came from him, you understand. And it's in this world because of Satan and because of sin. But yet, it's not always a demon spirit. In this case, it was a demon spirit that had inflicted or afflicted this woman with an infirmity. And so she's bowed over. She can in no wise lift up herself. And in verse 12, it says, And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, I wish I could do something for you, but I'm sorry. No, that's not what he said. It says, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. I mean, immediately Jesus saw her condition. He called her to him and he said, woman, he spoke a word of faith to her. He said, woman, you're loose from your infirmity. So naturally, not much happened there. It didn't look like, but something did happen. It started happening in her. A spirit of faith came in her because she 
heard Jesus say, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And the next verse says, and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. So Jesus laid his hands on this woman, and immediately she was made straight. She was all bowed over, and immediately she was made straight. Thank you, Jesus. So the power of God came on her body, and she was healed instantly from an infirmity that an evil spirit had afflicted her with for 18 years. Now let's go a little further here in the story. Verse 14, and the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. So Jesus responded to that with a different argument. In other words, he obviously had a different perspective because he just healed her. And so Jesus said, the Lord then answered him and said, thou hypocrite. Doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox and his, or his ass out from the stall and lead him away to watering? So each one of you, you know, you've got oxen and you've got donkeys in your stall and you let them out and you give them water. You don't say, well, you know, it's the Sabbath. No water today. You know, and there's rules. If you're Jewish and you're Orthodox, of course, so you have certain uh, rules that they uh, go by. Uh, but here Jesus is saying, well, that's a little extreme because this woman, listen to the next verse. He said, now this woman, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? So he points out this woman was a daughter of Abraham. He said, now ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, if you will take your oxen out of the stall and lead him to water, and you take your donkey out of the stall and lead him or her to water. Now, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, having a covenant with God? Ought not this woman, it says, whom Satan, look at your Bible so you know I'm not making this up. All right, it says, whom Satan hath bound. So he attributes this to Satan, doesn't he? Whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be loose from this bond. And he gets a little emphatic on the Sabbath day. So in other words, she's a daughter of Abraham. She's been bound for 18 years. And this woman ought to be loosed today. And really it's about, it doesn't matter what day it was. If it was Tuesday, listen, if it was Tuesday afternoon, Jesus said, this woman ought to be loose today. If it was Thursday morning, he'd have said, this woman ought to be loose today. But if it's the Sabbath and they say, well, she, you know, not a good day to be healed. He said, wait, wait a minute. Think about it. Let's think this thing through. If you take your ox out and you take your donkey out to water, Ought not this woman who is a daughter of Abraham, she ought to be healed on the Sabbath day. She ought to be free. Satan has bound her long enough. In other words, today is the day for her to be healed. She shouldn't go another day. She shouldn't, shouldn't go another week. Shouldn't go another month. Shouldn't go another year. Come on. You know, you don't want to be 19 years. I'm sorry, honey. All right. So, no, Jesus wanted to set her free that very day. 
Why? Because she was a child of Abraham. And that's who you are. I just showed you in the scripture. If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. And if you're Abraham's seed, then you're an heir according to the promise. And part of your promise is physical health, physical strength, physical life, praise God, as well as spiritual life, emotional, mental life. But there's also physical life. There's financial life. There's family life. I mean, everything. God's blessing. Instead of living under the curse, we've lived as a society too long under the curse and even the church has lived too long under the curse it's time for us to wake up to the blessing the blessing of the Lord it makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it are you with me today so God's blessing will come on you somebody say I've been redeemed out from and away from under the curse and the blessing of health and healing comes on me today. Amen.